All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Eric Pavia, who's a co-founder of Pantheon. Welcome to the show. How's it going? It's going really well, man. Thank you. I'm sorry if that notification sounds mess with your with your audio. It is all uh, good. Living that Zoom life, dude. It's 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 a challenge to do, juggle all of these things on one computer. I'm with you. You know, knowing you know the Slack means that you're you know as founders, we never stop. You know, never stop having things going on. So Slack just shows you know paints the 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 reality of founder life. But what what are you the founder of? You know, you, you know I mentioned that you're the co-founder of, of Pantheon. What what is that? What are you working on? So Pantheon is a fitness software company at a high level. Presently, what we're developing is a mobile game that's based around fitness. So imagine something like a Pokemon Go where the way that you play or the way that you interact with a game is by completing fitness activities. So walk me through a little bit about, about um, how this works, what this looks like. I'm someone, you know, I, uh, COVID got me, you know, gained a little weight, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm here trying to get back healthy. So walk me through kind of how this works if someone wants to try this out. Yeah, you know, you're not alone on, on the weight gain thing. I, I saw that the average weight gain was something like 20 pounds for people um, during COVID. Um, so uh, that's unfortunate, I think, for the population, but it's fortunate for us because hopefully we're coming into this uh, at a time where people are really looking to take control of their health again. So the way the product works, um, you know, data uh, data sourcing products are ubiquitous at this point. You have fitness trackers, your phone is also a fitness tracker. It'll track your steps. So what we do is we just suck all of that information into our platform. And then we try to do cool, fun things with it. So, um, you know, we provide um, variable objectives based on the individual's activity levels, their, their, you know, historic activity levels and where it is that they want to be. And then we provide fun objectives, whether it's for the individual themselves or uh, for a group. So one of the major categories of people that we're targeting right now are social groups. Let's say it's a, a group of friends or a church or a gym, people that want to improve and, and get fit together. Um, we've, we've developed a bunch of social um, game elements essentially to encourage people to pursue their and improve their fitness levels. So I guess I have a few questions on how, how it works further, but I guess before then, let's talk about the origin story here. You know, there, why did you decide to get into this and kind of build Pantheon and what's the origin story for the company? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty long origin story. So I'm from the border. I'm from El Paso, Texas, and I grew up in a Hispanic family, you know, very traditional, um, you know, Mexican immigrant family. And my family has the same health issues that a lot of um, Hispanic or, or Mexican American people do, which is there's a lot of obesity in my family. My little sister was diagnosed with diabetes when she was 12. And that had a huge impact on me because, you know, this kid all of a sudden is like, you know, poking herself with needles to like draw her blood and injecting insulin. And um, it was, it was really difficult to watch her go through that. And I became obsessed with this question around how and why people make certain decisions about their health. Um, because it, it seemed like very preventable. Um, you know, she, she had a bad diet and, you know, wasn't very active. And I just thought it was like a decision-making thing. And so um, when it came time for me to decide what I was going to major in, in college, I thought I would study economics and go into health policy because 
um, you know, that would be the, the most effective way to create change. But I learned while studying economics that, you know, policy doesn't really work. But at the time, I'd already gotten into law school. I'd gotten into a fantastic law school. I was very lucky. And so I just decided to, like, figure it out as I went. So um, I was at Stanford, which was very lucky because that's, like, the heart of, like, the tech industry in Silicon Valley. And instead of going to my law school classes, I just spent as much time as I possibly could learning about the tech industry industry and product design and how companies are built and managed. And uh, I got to work at this uh, nonprofit incubator called or accelerator called StartX. I was there for a couple of years and I didn't necessarily know what I was going to build, but I knew I wanted to build something in, in health and fitness. And so I, I just had all of these product ideas kind of floating in the back of my head. And it wasn't until I had spent about six years, um, five or six years working at a startup. So I was, I was on the founding team of a, of a, t a company called Notch. They do um, ad tech um, that, I, that I really clicked what it was that I should be working on. So it's, it's been a lifelong journey, man. It's, it's, it's pretty meandering, but it's something that I've, I feel is missing from the market. Um, you know, thinking about how people make these sorts of decisions and, and how people engage with their fitness. Um, you know, it's not as easy as just like, you know, eat a salad and go on run it's it's like a psychologically taxing experience to get in shape or to start exercising um and once you get started it, it's a little bit easier but you know you can always fall off, off fall off the wagon and so um you know how we decided to build this product specifically or, or how i got into this so I'm, I'm also a huge gamer like i'm obsessed with video games as a kid and you know the the, the question that i'm trying to answer with this company and with this product is how do you make fitness and, and engaging in exercise as addictive as video games, right? So if you look at like World of Warcraft or, you know, games like Destiny, different MMOs, Diablo, they're really menial. They're pretty boring at their core. They might have like a little gameplay loop or whatever, but you're just kind of clicking a mouse or, you know, half-ass shooting um, aliens or whatever it might be. But people get people get hooked, right? People, you know, at the height of World of Warcraft, people were spending 80 hours a week playing this game to grind up. And you know, the question that I that I want to answer, and I think there's there's actually a good answer, is like, how do you take those mechanisms and apply them to something that is actually good for people? I mean, the other big inspiration for this is social media. So the, the first company that I worked at, we were building a, a social media product originally. This was around 2012, 2013 when that was like a big thing. And, um, you know, we, we looked a lot into why people get addicted to social media products. And in the tech world, you call it engagement, but really it's just, it's addiction, right? Um, people get addicted to Instagram, they get addicted to TikTok, whatever. And so the idea is, you know, instead of it being this uh, predatory thing where the product is addicting you to get more time on page, to get more ad revenue, how do we enter into a relationship with the user where they're, they, they want to get addicted to the product because it's, it's good for them? Like you think of, that's one of the interesting things between, or the interesting comparisons between video games and social media. Social media is addicting in like a really bad way. People talk about it all the time. Like they don't want to be, you know, addicted to Instagram or whatever, you know, the, the social media of the day is because it's like unproductive and it's unhealthy. But then with video games, it's like, that's what you pay for. You pay to get addicted to it, right? You want it to be fun. You want to always come back to it. You want there to be lots and lots of content. And so 
we're, we're designing the product, you know, taking a lot of inspiration from, from those two industries um, and trying to take the best of what we can find uh, from those products and, and, and again, helping people, you know, improve themselves instead of, I don't know, you know, gaining weight from sitting on a couch playing video games all day or becoming depressed because, you know, they're not like a TikTok influencer. So as you, as you build this out, I'm curious, how do you think about, you know, what, what to build feature wise, you know, activity wise, when I'm sure that you, this is, you know, it's consumer, right? You probably have a lot of people saying, oh, build this, build this. And then you have your own vision that you want to build out. How do you kind of find the balance between the two and pretty much know what the right thing is to build next? I think it's an art, um, having built consumer products in the past, you have to know when to listen to users and you have to know when to ignore them. And it's, we're in a really lucky phase right now where what our users are asking from us is stuff that we want to build anyway. And so where talking to users is really helpful presently is it helps us with prioritization. So we might think that, you know, we might have a list of features and we might have them kind of rank ordered based on when we think we should build them. But then if, you know, users are kind of reshuffling our list and asking for stuff that's at the bottom, we might, we might bump that up. Um, I do think there, there's actually, you know, a, a kind of tangent. I did see a framework that I thought was really interesting, which was you should spend something like 30% of your time building for the user, 30% of your time building for the business, and 30% of your time building cool stuff that nobody is asking for. And, and that's like a fun framework that I actually use quite a bit when picking which features to build next. Um, but it did, it did take a bit of time to get here. I think the first several months of development when like nobody was using the product, that was all, you know, us doing like internal product design where we felt we needed to get something out that, um, nobody was going to ask for it. And that's actually paying off dividends now. So we we're seeing some pretty healthy user growth and a lot of what's driving that is, um, I think we're, we're striking a nerve with users where they're seeing something in the app store or in the Google play store that they didn't realize that they wanted. And there's no way that you can achieve that if you just build a product from like user consensus. So um, that's kind of a rambling answer, but I think it's, it, it kind of depends on the context of the situation. And, and fortunately we're in a situation now where we can build with our users and we're all kind of pushing in the same direction. And if you were to kind of look out as you keep pushing, you know, five, 10, 15 years into the future, what would you say the, the big, the big vision is here and what direction are you rowing in as you, as you work on Pantheon? Yeah, we want to be the fitness and wellness data company. And that sounds really vague and abstract, but I think we want to be at any touch point where fitness data is being created. And then we want to create cool products around that, that take advantage of, again, all of the best product design principles that exist in the world. So, um, you know, uh, the, the predictive analytics that you see in products like social media or like in the advertising industry, which I, you know, I spent some time working at a marketing tech company, that stuff is light years beyond what you'll see in like an Apple watch or like a Fitbit. And um, we think if we can get really good at this, uh, you know, we'll be able to provide people with like perfectly timed pushes to help them, 
you know, transform their life, whether it's for their, their physical health or, or their mental health. I think long-term, the other thing that we're going to be, uh, be doing is, is I, I kind of see this almost like as a content company. So if you look at the way that um, apps work, and, and people don't think about this too much, I don't see people really talking about this in, in this way, but apps are essentially just ever-evolving products, right? And to some degree, a lot of that is, is engineering. And so people don't think of it as content. But if you look at what video games do, it's like a marriage of like engineering and art. So it's like new stories, new music, new characters, whatever, constantly being turned out. And I see us moving more in the direction of, of being like a, um, again, something like a Epic Games, you know, Fortnite is always evolving. Uh, Destiny is always evolving. Um, and, and not just with like new features, but new concepts. And so when I look at five, 10 years in the future, I, I, like I want to build a technology company in the same way that like a content studio or, or video game studio is built. And in order to make that happen and bring it to life, um, which I think is actually a very, very cool vision, um, you need some help though, right? It takes a village to make a startup work and scale. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help? Are, are you hiring? Are you raising capital, looking for users, you know, customers, partners, you know, in what way can we assist? Yeah. So the biggest thing right now is, is talking to customers. So I spend a lot of time, uh, I just texting customers on the phone with customers, learning about what they love about the product, what they hate, you know, their hopes and wishes for the product. Um, it's, it's really fun building with your users in that way. I think it helps keep the team motivated. So um, check out our product. It's in the app store. Um, it's still in the pretty early stages of development. So if you have any feedback, I think that's the most important piece is giving us feedback. You can find me on Twitter. So that's uh, E-R-I-K-P-A-V-I-A. And, um, you know, I'd love to talk to you there or in the app, like you can find my phone number and shoot me a message. Um, the other big thing that we're recruiting for right now are uh, designers and front-end developers. So we have a, a great architecture built out to process all of this data, but now we want to make it pretty and, and look cool. And that's a really important element, right? I think, um, you know, a lot of tech companies, they, they're just, you know, essentially blue wireframes. You look at like Facebook and stuff. Um, we're trying to create something that like makes people feel awesome, um, which kind of ties into the name a little bit. So um, if there are any people out there who are interested in, in what we're building and, um, you know, you do front end or, or design stuff, we'd love to talk to you. And uh, ultimately, I guess for my last question, because you did mention how someone can get in touch with you just there, you know, via Twitter. So I guess, I guess two last questions and we'll blend them together. Um, what, you know, th your name is Epic, you know, like, I don't know, I don't know how you, how you, how you came up with that. I'm about to ask you, but, but like, I love the name. So I'm curious, how did you get to the name Pantheon? And then I'll blend in there. Is there, is there a website or social media? Someone wants to find Pantheon on the internet. How, how can they do that? And then we'll wrap it up. Yeah, so the name, uh, I, I hate naming things. It took me a really long time to come up with the name. And the, the vision for the product has always been that we want to make people feel great. We want to make people feel empowered. And I was actually, I'm, I'm a huge rap fan, and I was reading about the death of one of my favorite rappers named Prodigy. And the article said something like, Prodigy will never be in the pantheon of top rappers, but he's left his mark on the industry. And I disagree with that because Prodigy's a boss. But um, it kind of, that it kind of clicked with me there that like that's what we were trying to build. We want to make people feel amazing and and sort of more than human and welcome them into the pantheon of other great people. And, and um, 
So, so that's where that, that name come, came from. Um, where you can find us, I think, I think the best place is, I mean, either following me on Twitter, I haven't gotten super active with like the company Twitter account just because social media is a lot of work. Um, and what I do do though, is we have a, we did create a content hub where we're pushing out new articles on fitness or wellness, you know, uh, tips or tricks or resources. And so we publish there pretty frequently. So if you want to learn more about the company, the domain is, uh, joinpantheon.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sharing Pantheon with us. And I appreciate you coming onto the podcast. Best of luck building this out. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for inviting me. And it was a great conversation.